welcome to Man Pepper, a baseball podcast, straight baseball banter, coming in hot, I believe episode 18, with your hosts, Jake and Chris. What's going on, man? What's up, Jake? How you doing? Good. Fighting a little cold, so hopefully my, my hoarse voice doesn't crack on me and I sound like a 12-year-old again, but you know, that's where we're at. I hope you're all right, but we'll just edit that out, you know, if you got a little crack in there, we'll be good. <laughs> So, hey, we're, uh, we're super excited. We're bringing a guest in off the top this week. We've got uh, my former arch rival and now friend, Joey Serafin. Uh, Joey pitched for, what, Joey, three years, minor league ball with the White Sox, University of Vermont alum, former, like I said, arch rival, Simsbury Legion, and I was uh, at Bristol Legion. Had, had a lot of good battles, but we played together in college for the Torrington Twisters, and you know now we're good. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you, man. So we like to start off with, uh, you know, having a beer or some sort of beverage. I'll start. I'm drinking Sour Drop Sour Ale. I don't know if I've had this one on air before, Chris. It's by Cabarrus Brewery. It's basically a super, super lemonade beer. Like, it's very tart. So it's kind of fake tart. So it's not like those, like, super trendy, you know, age, like Fox Farm. Like, you know how they do like their, their wild, crazy things. No, yeah. this one's like fake tasting, but it's good for a, we're doing this on a Wednesday night. So I'm just going to roll with it. I mean, it's better than your Bud Light lemonade tart. So I yes. respect this yes. one much more. <laughs> what nice, you got? man. Well, I've got, I've never had this beer before. I bought it the other day. Jalamanta by Hanging Hills Brewery from New Haven, Connecticut. Just a little 6.5% IPA. It's going down pretty easy so far. So I'll probably get it again. How about you, Joey? Yeah, I'm working with a other half IPA. It's in, uh, it's oh, in yeah. Brooklyn, New York. You heard of other half? Dude, they have them up here, and it's like $28 a four-pack if you can find them up here. It's nuts. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the brewery is like, I could throw a rock and hit the brewery, and it's by far the best beer around. Got to shout them out. Other half brewery. They're legit. Green City IPA, it's called. If you ever see that, that's the one. My dad always splurges on the beers like that so like when we hang out he'll, he'll usually have like one or two of those or something from treehouse or whatever but it's tough for me to bring myself to pay those prices frequently for a four pack what is it down by you is it more reasonable like from the brewery yeah i think it's like 17 bucks but like okay. i'll go in there and they'll they'll just give me a four pack for free it's like they're so generous there it's insane yeah nice. it's so you must be must be a good it's because you're a regular place, right yeah. yeah maybe i have a problem maybe maybe we'll settle on that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Joey, I was alluding to it in the intro, but um, you know, you and I go back. So we played uh, we played Legion against each other for like four years, from like 2000, 2001 to two thousand four. So you are from Simsbury, Connecticut. I'm from Bristol. I've got the the Bristol Post two shirt right now, Joe, for you. Uh, I knew you wouldn't like hurts. that. But like heated rivalry, right? Growing up, I mean, I think back to some of those games. And we were like not only the two best teams in our zone, but for those three or four years, two of the best teams in the state and definitely for the, our last two. Um, man, some of the most intense games I've ever been a part of in my entire career were some of those games we played near the end of the regular season. And then, you know, we met two years in a row in the state finals. You guys won your junior year and we took it home my senior year. Looking back on that, man, what what do you th what are you thinking? <laughs> man. So obviously I know you way different now than what I knew of you in the post two days. Post two <laughs> is like, if you're a Red Sox fan, you guys are the Yankees. You know, there's no question about it. We hated each other. And it's a high school baseball summer ball, which really meant nothing. But it was cool because like you guys obviously had an amazing roster. I don't know how many people went out and played college baseball for you guys, but we probably had like 10, 12 people yeah. play college baseball. So like, great competition and there was just something about you guys that were just like i don't know the rules on this podcast but say like, whatever you want well post two here's this you guys are all pieces of shit every single <laughs> one of you families your players everybody on post two now that's how i used to know you well i guess we'll get into the transition but um yeah it's heated rivalry like we loved playing you we loved going to muzzy field we loved go like playing it it was just such good competition and like from a pitcher's standpoint you know it was fun but like i knew if i get one person back to back you know two, two people get hits in a row 
I'm dead. Like, I'm, you guys are going to attack. You guys are going to be screaming. You guys are going to be making fun of my parents and my sister in the dugout, you know, calling me a piece of shit. Like, I know how Pulse 2 operates. Um, but we always had a chip on our shoulders, and it was just good competition. And I think, I don't know the records, but I feel like we ended up pretty even. You getting, you know, your senior year, getting the state champ win, us the junior year. It was just like a great rivalry looking back, which I feel like that almost doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, you guys, you guys had us for a little bit. I was looking up um, some of the articles today, like going back to 2004. So like you said, you won junior year, we won senior year. But at one point, you guys won seven out of nine from us. And then we got you in the state tournament um, to win the title. But like I vividly remember some of those games, especially a few at Memorial Field. But by the way, dude, the feeling's mutual with respect to you, you saying what post two was. I mean, we felt the exact same way. And like it it got to the point where, you know, we there was an all-star game every year for zone one. We played whoever and whatever. There was 16, 17 guys on the team. And I think 12, six of them were Bristol guys and six of them were Simsbury guys. So we'd show up to that game and I wouldn't look or talk to any of you guys. And you would do the same. Who is, do you remember the only guy on my team that was cool with you dudes? I think Arbor, That's Matt it. Arbor was probably <laughs> the only one. And uh, there was another guy who was like kind of quiet lefty hitter who was like, I always battled him. So like we had like, we were laughing. We would laugh at each other when he was hitting. Cause like he was just hanging there when I'm throwing like a huge breaking ball. I forget his name now. Rex, like, Rex Cohn probably. Rex Cohn. Yes. Rex dude. <laughs> he was seemed like to be always nice, but the kid Kleps is definitely not cool. I remember. Uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, you go through the roster, I'll tell you all I know about them. I just don't remember who's who these days. Dude, you're going to have to tag every single one of these people. Uh, for yeah. Instagram, we can find them, Facebook, whatever, just so they can hear this. I don't even remember the post I played for, but I played for the Legion team in Niantic. We were Niantic post whatever. Mm-hmm. Dude, Legion ball in Connecticut back in the probably late 90s through early 2000s, every roster was stacked with like D1 players who probably and then you know guys who went on and played pro ball like yourself joey i mean some of the some of the games similar i can remember playing like new london oh my god we just i could not believe how much i hated some of these other people and then we'd get to an all-star game not as bad of a rivalry as you guys were like you you like didn't even want to talk we'd get in and we'd be like oh yeah we're all just shoot the shit have a good time but man dude legion ball 30 games and like 32 days in the middle of the summer and you're just playing like double headers every other day. There's nothing better than that. We got up to like 54 games in the summer for our <laughs> schedule. Cause we played so many exhibitions in addition. It was stupid. It was like 54 games in 40 days or something ridiculous. Um, yeah. But like our coach was, was real serious about it. And we, I had two coaches. I, I was there for four years. So coach Zai, coach Ziogas, and then spec Monaco. And they both basically said, like, beginning of the season, it's like, look, if you're going to be on this team, I don't care if you have a wedding. I don't care if you have a pre-planned family vacation. Like, if you're on this team, you're on this team. And you're going to be at every single game. So don't ask me for a week off. Don't ask me to take a weekend. Don't give me a, ask me for a Friday night. Like, we're in this, and we're going for it. Um, I, was it the same with you, Joe, at, at Simsbury? Yeah, same exact thing. I remember my senior year, I'm like, I'm graduating. I'm going to go on a trip with my buddies to Disney. We're just going to go to Florida. <laughs> and... Tom Vinson, face of Simsbury, mayor at one point, just like lived, breathed Simsbury. He's like, not if you want to be on this team, you're not going anywhere. And I was like, it's my senior year. Like I'm going to college. He's like, if you don't want to play this year, go on the trip. I was like, all right. So I obviously didn't go on the trip and, you know, we lost to Bristol. So I should have gone on the trip. Essentially. <laughs> but you, you were a pitcher or did you play? Did you go both ways in, in uh, high school? No, I was just a pitcher, and uh, that's the commitment that we had. You know, I pitched. You know, if I wasn't starting, I was pitching in relief. Like pitch count, I don't even know if it existed at that point. I think I was probably well over 120, 130 pitches, especially in the hot, muzzy field with, you know, people screaming from behind home plate. You know, I, we don't think it was like live, breathe, baseball, Simsbury, and you know, it's cool because like I'm sure the same with you guys. You know the playing from little league all the way up to Legion, we played with the same group of guys. And like, we were always like decent as far as like a, a group of people, you know, we lost, we lost to like one game away from going to little league world series. And mm-hmm. like that same group played all the way through, through Legion. And you know, it's, it was just, a, we were all friends. So like, we were, didn't matter. We just all hung out all the time, spent all the time together. So it wasn't like a chore, like, Oh shoot, I got baseball. It's like, let's see what Richie McGraw is up to these days. 
Dude, yeah. that's the name I was going to ask you about. I was blanking on him. McGraw. Oh, I <laughs> forgot. I remember, you know, Taylor Meehan and a few others, but I think McGraw, was he the third baseman? Yep, third baseman. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. But, uh, yeah, for me it was a little different because we had two major high schools in Bristol so and, and three Little Leagues. So we were kind of all spread out growing up, even though we kind of all played together at certain points. But I always really looked forward to summer ball because that's when we all came together. So, like, we had a huge rivalry with Bristol Eastern, the, the high school across town. But it was nothing like Bristol and Simsbury, at least how I felt, because those were truly my boys, like, growing up. And I just got so excited every summer, like, come together, the best of both schools um, mm-hmm. to play. But it seems like you, Joey, like, you guys had, was it just one little league? And then, and then you guys had the one high school, essentially. So your group essentially was on the same team the whole entire time. Yeah, pretty much. It was Simsbury was a combination of Simsbury, Avon, and Canton. So like Avon, Canton were really small baseball schools, but they had a couple guys that were like studs. So a couple guys that played minor league ball. So like it was nice to bring them on board and like you know take take our high school team, which was like good but not great, and add these you know a guy throwing ninety, Mark Peterson. I don't know if you remember that name. Oh yeah, um, of course. Uh, you know he's through gas, and we're like okay. We, what we lost in Simsbury, we gained by surrounding town. So, but yeah, majority of us played together since, you know, nine years, eight, nine years old. One question until yeah, we get go to ahead. Go ahead. Sienna, Vermont. And be honest, who did you guys, like, who was the guy you guys hated the most? Was there a consensus or did, like you guys Chris have Klaps, different? Chris Claps, Chris Claps. It might be me. It might have been Claps. You know, honestly, that's the one one name after after high school that really stuck with me. If you who was who bad, you bad leadoff, correct? I was usually part? in the two or three hole. Frank was leadoff. Frank Rossi, okay, didn't hate Frank really, but I also went to Vermont with him, so yeah. it was a little bit different. Um, who bad who bad second if you didn't hit second? Alaire. Alaire. John Alaire, third yeah, baseman. John Alaire. Yes, he was up there on the collapse list for sure. Um, yeah, if you could run me through like your lineup, I'll tell you everything about them that I remember. <laughs> I'll spare the listeners, but, but uh, yeah. I just yeah. love how Kleps is the barometer. You, Joey, you just so clearly Kleps was hated the most because you're like, oh, he's almost on the Kleps level. Like <laughs> Kleps was the most hated, clearly. And you know what? I love you, Chris. But if I didn't know you, I probably wouldn't like you either. I don't I know why, it. but... I, I don't know. I don't know why. Well, why does that make sense? I don't know. Well, you mean you just wouldn't like me as a person if we just like met at a party? No, you no. Like me as-, as a player, as a player. No, as a player. Because <laughs> no. we talked about this. We talked about this a few episodes ago. Like your personality, Jake. If you get to first, you're gonna maybe chit chat with the opposing team's first baseman. Like I'm not saying anything to anybody if I don't know that person when I'm on the baseball. That's field. probably it. And it was like amplified in high school. Probably eased up a little bit as time went on. Uh, but I think that that's why, like, I just wasn't, I just didn't have that in me. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I was out there to, to win and not to make friends. So it really wasn't until, you know, Joey and I got on the same team and it mellowed out really quickly. I would say Arbor was a good bridge because he was on that team too. But I think Jake, we wanted to take it to our freshman year. So we were at Siena, Joey went to university of Vermont, like he said, and this is before we had played together. So early in the season, we head up to Vermont. I looked up the article today, Joe, is your home opener. So your first game ever pitching uh, at University of Vermont's home field, it was a doubleheader. We beat you guys in the first game. And second game, you start against us. So two seven inning games and proceed to no hit us, which was one of the worst days just of the year for me at the time, having to literally go back and tell my friends like Joey Serafin, no yes. hit my college. Team. Oh my God. I'd pay money to see that conversation, see those messages. Oh man. <laughs> I'd put it on the wall. That's, that's what I live for. I feel like my baseball career might've been complete at that point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we obviously, yeah, we played each other. I knew we went to Siena, you know, I knew we were playing each other and it really speaks to how much I just disliked Chris Kleps. Right. So um, I remember that, you know, like, obviously, when you're when you're pitching, you kind of like black out, you don't really know what's happening. And I realized in like the fourth inning, maybe, maybe it was the fifth thing. I don't remember what what inning it was. But I was like, Oh, shit, I got a, I got a perfect game going. I was like, mm-hmm. and then the next hitter, I think I remember as soon as I said it, there was an error or something at third base or shortstop. And then I don't remember if it was back to back. And I'm like, all right, 
I forget, I forget what happened in that time. I just knew my perfect game was gone. Yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever. Chris Kleps is coming up to bat. And I'm like, my perfect game is gone. I don't care how, what happens here. I'm just going to drill. I'm going to hit him. I I tried to hit him in the square of the back. I don't remember where I hit you, but I got me in the quad. Okay. What a nice guy I was. See, that was nice. At least hit you in the quad. You knew I could put it where I wanted. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm going to hit you. I, I just dislike this person. I'm, I'm going to have the last laugh. And uh, yeah, I hit you. And then it was like, I was telling all my buddies, like, at next inning, they're like, dude, you have no hitter. I was like, I hit Chris Kleps. I, that's all that matters. <laughs> so it's confirmed. I never got that confirmation from you. I don't think that it was on purpose. So I, I figured it was. Frank Frank Rossi, so our, our mutual friend, I mean, he's married to my cousin. He's family now. I see him all the time. And he brings that up, like, every time I see him, Joey. He's like, hey, by the way, you remember when Joey Serapin hit you in college on purpose? I'm like, yeah, I do remember that, actually. Thanks. You remember when he know hit you guys? I'm like, yeah, I do remember. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. Premeditated. Premeditated hit. It's crazy because, like, it didn't really end there. Like, not like we still – I feel like, you know, we shook hands maybe at the end of the game. But, like, it was never, like, a conversation around it. It was just, like, it happened and, like – I threw a no hitter against Sienna and I beat Chris Kleps and I hit him with a pitch. So I was like, yeah. that's a win. I was like, and then the end of the year comes and they're like, all right, summer, you got your like Seraphine, you're going to be going to the Torrington Twisters. I might have been going back. I think I played there the year before, too. He's like, you're going back to the Twisters. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. And so I looked at the roster. I'm like, Chris Kleps, Sienna. I'm like, <laughs> no way so i was like this is made up isn't it because my coach knew the whole story and everything he's like yep, yep. you guys are gonna have to make up I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> and uh yes definitely carried over and i don't remember where it transitioned all i remember from that point is going over your house hanging with you guys drinking bud lights and uh, just having a blast that summer and like obviously you know things turned around very quickly maybe we matured we got past those days but you know definitely you know, hear us talking now. This is great. Bringing back old memories. It's like, I think the reason why I disliked, you know, the Chris Kleps is because you did play hard. You played hard. You didn't, you, you were the, uh, the motivation of the team. And I was like, I don't like this kid. He's trying too hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah. then I see you play and play on your team. And it's like, it's just all, you know, you're, you played hard. And like, that's, that's something I definitely Re- realized and I started to respect and as the end of the season that summer I was like all right I respect him a little bit more than than I did before yeah, yeah man I mean look you can hate- a little bit huh yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah you you, you're not gonna you don't hate the bad teams or the, the you know what I'm saying like yeah it, it it comes from a place of respect like we hated you guys because you were good you were able to beat us you know what I mean one of the few teams that like put up a fight and could get the best of us and I think we were one of the few teams that could do the same for you. And it just was like, just, you know, knocking heads repeatedly for years and years and years in the summer. And then we told the college story. But like once we were on the same team, I, I remember it coming together pretty quickly. So like Matt Arbor was on that team who was just a big like six foot five teddy bear, essentially probably doesn't have a bad bone in his body. And like <laughs> he's giving you hugs on the first day of practice and stuff. And I'm just I was like, Matt, we can't can't do that, man. We're not I'm not there yet. Uh, like two or three days later, we were good. Um, and those two summers we played together were awesome. And not to turn this into like a love fest, but you were one of the best pitchers to play behind in my entire career because it was like, get the ball, get the sign, work fast, quick wind up as well. Not just like working fast, but like the wind up was quick. You threw strikes, you got a lot of ground balls. That's like the exact type of pitcher, especially an infielder, I think wants to play behind because it keeps the defense in the game mentally. There's not shaking off signs, stepping off the mound. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it was a great two summers in Torrington. Let me go back to the no-hitter for a minute, because I do remember yeah. one thing, two things about that no-hitter I want to rehash. One, it was also, like, 38 degrees. Oh, yeah. You remember being, like, obviously, it's Vermont. It's, like, April. Yeah. Uh, midweek game. <laughs> I, well, th- that's the first thing you, I remember. I don't think he's taking anything away from you, but I do remember being cold. No, no I'm not taking anything away. <laughs> But the other thing I remember, and this is this is on me, I don't. I hit a ball off of you, and I thought it was kind of in between short and third, like a decent hit ground ball. Where I was like, it was late in the game, like fuck, I'm gonna this. This could be the potentially the one that breaks it up. I'm not the fleetest of foot, but I was like, it's it's in the hole. I fucking stepped on home plate, and it was a sheet of ice, 
and I fell straight on my face. And I was laying. I looked up, and the ball's hitting the first baseman. I never even made it out of the batter's box. Do you remember me? Do you remember that at all? Because I remember going, that could have been it. And instead, I'm just laying on the ground and just so mad. I went back to the dugout, fucking pissed off. It's like, I think it was like the six. I'm like, yeah. fuck, this guy's going to no hit us. Jesus oh. Christ. I just fucking <laughs> I fell down ball left side for an out. But I do, yeah, I yeah. do support you there. I, I think you would have beat it out, honestly. But we have to go by the books, right? <laughs> Got to go by the books. But so, so, I mean, but the other, okay, third thing I remember, not just about that game, because that was the only time I ever faced you, but in, in talking to Chris and then remembering when Pittsfield played the Twisters in summer ball, like your style of pitching, you worked 100 miles an hour and your delivery was super quick. And, but you weren't a big guy either. And to see you kind of go into pro ball, like, I feel like that pitcher doesn't exist today. So talk to us a little bit about just kind of like, what was your mentality? You know, crafty lefty, you wanted to get on people, fiery at the same time. Like, just kind of take us through a little bit of that. Yeah, I never really like tried to mimic myself after anybody. I kind of just used what worked and I just tried to outthink you. And I knew I could put the ball wherever I wanted, whether it was a breaking ball, you know, fastball. I just knew that whatever you were expecting, I was throwing something different. Um, and I, that was my game plan. Obviously, it didn't always work. You know, I'd given up 600-foot home runs because I threw, what, 87, 88, you know, lefty straight fastball. Um, so I would get rocked sometimes. But my mentality was like, all right, 2-0, you're thinking fastball. I'm just throwing a curveball because I know I can throw it for a strike. And I would pitch backwards, move. I would pitch inside, honestly. That was my, what I found successful in the pro ball. I learned how to throw a two-seamer. Um, so I would throw a two-seamer, like, inside the lefties, inside the righties. Like, I, pitching inside a soft-throwing lefty, they don't expect it. And, you know, with my fast speed, like, I never, like, worked on that to, like, I'm going to quick pitch them or, like, try to be faster. It was just natural. That's just, like, how I threw. And uh, it worked because... The ball looked faster than it was really coming. You know, 88 miles an hour, you guys could probably hit that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it just looked faster coming out of the hand, and, then, you know, that's how I was successful, changing speeds up and down, too. And a lot of people just go in and out. And, you know, pro ball really taught me that if you can throw a curveball back, back of the plate, you're going to be successful in, in the low levels. You know, obviously, as you get higher up in, in you know, double-A, triple-A, those guys know how to hit that. And, uh, you know, that's obviously why where I plateaued. But just throwing strikes, man. It's not hard to throw. If you're throwing strikes, you're going to be successful seven out of ten times. Think about it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you look at a lot of these top prospects that are coming up these days. I mean, again, we're, what, 15, 16 years later than when, when at least yeah. Chris and I played. And these guys now, it's like literally every one of the write-ups for all these top prospects – are oh, electric arm, you know, upper 90s, hard breaking ball, if they can throw strikes. Like, it's always if they can throw strikes. Every single one of them. And their debuts, they like might have a really good debut, and then it's like they're walking four guys in five innings or in three innings for every other outing. And you're like, that's just, ah, man, it's so hard to watch sometimes. But it's a total different mentality, man. It's just throw super hard. And, like, I just wonder if we just, like, mixed in one of these I'm not going to call you crafty, but like a craftier lefty who's not afraid to go in. Like, would they succeed today? I, I don't know. Maybe they would. Yeah, we don't. I guess we really don't know. I mean, you could tell like top. I mean, I was drafted in the 37th round, right? That's like, I don't know how many rounds they have now. Maybe 20. I didn't even know I got drafted. I was going to a Red Sox game and <laughs> somebody called me. He's like, dude, congrats. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the game. Thanks. I got tickets. Uh, my buddy gave me tickets. He's like, no, dude, you got drafted. I was like, what? That's crazy. What are they doing? You know I mean? <laughs> but, uh, you know, obviously going to Pro Bowl, like who they're drafting are like athletes. Like they're big dudes. Obviously, I, I'm 5'9", I'm 5'10", five, five, and I don't look like an athlete. I'm probably in better shape now than I was playing baseball. Um, but, like, I would go to ballparks. And I was a starting pitcher, and I like I was allowed to show up late because if I was starting, game starts at seven. I could get there at like five, take my time. I forget where we were, but uh, I was trying to get into the ballpark around five o'clock. It was a visiting team, so I'm coming from the hotel, 
and uh, I'm trying to get through security. And I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm just sneaking by. I didn't say a word, just like headphones or whatever on. And the guy stopped me. He's like, you can't come in here. I was like, no, I'm just going to like the clubhouse right here. He's like, no, you can't come in here. Gates open at six or whatever. I was like, no, I'm playing today. He's like, playing what? I was like, no, I'm like starting the game tonight. He's like, where? I was like, no, I'm like the starting pitcher. He's like, no, you're not. I was like, all right. Yeah. I was like, I know I don't fit in around these parts, but like everyone's six, five, six, four, like jacked out of their mind. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I really am like, go call the clubhouse or whatever you got to do. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Right this way. <laughs> I was like, but like, that was every day, you know, but yeah. I love that, you know, it just fueled me. I'm like, I'm a kid from Connecticut, went to university of Vermont. And I was like, I'm playing with, you know, guys like same way we play, like Steven Strasburg, you know, Matt Harvey, these type of guys that are like, obviously studs. And I'm like, I'm actually right now better than you. <laughs> so it just gave me that motivation. Obviously they got the last laugh, but you know, just, just that motivation I'd say is, but some crazy, uh, I don't believe you stories for sure. Yeah. I mean, you played, you played three years with the white Sox organization, right? And you made it to as high as triple a. Mm-hmm. So like when you think back about that now, like what are the general memories? Like not necessarily specific games, but like the overall experience, like I had a really quick stint in indie ball, which I, I assume that's somewhat similar to, you know, affiliated minor league ball. But my memories is like, it's just such a different experience. Like guys are coming and going there's not as much of a sense of like camaraderie on the team because the guys are in and out. Maybe winning isn't as high of a priority. So like looking back on like your affiliated ball as opposed to like college, like how does it compare? You know, that's the, that's the one question I never have a great answer to because it's so hard to explain. It's, it's like you're going to work, honestly, playing minor league baseball. It's, it's a, it's a job. And you're treated like an employee and yeah, you're playing something that you're good at naturally and it's a sport, but it's a job. Like it's a grind. And what I remember from playing with the, with the white Sox is obviously like being playing in front of like 4,000, 5,000 people is a, is a different, a different feeling. Um, you know, you go to a baseball game, you hear that chatter of just like people talking and like you go to a major league game and you're just like, hear people talking. Like, I remember standing on the mound about to, like, start the game. And I could just hear that. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, what am I doing here? Um, but, like, I don't remember even one specific game. Probably my worst game I remember. Um, but I don't remember when I did well. I just remember, like, going out there and, like, realizing how good people are at baseball. How yeah. good hitters are. I'm just like, wow. Like, you're really good. <laughs> I was like. Even if like I didn't do well, just just seeing them take pitches, seeing them how they swung, feeling their swing, like hearing their swing, I was like, "Well, so glad you didn't hit that ball." <laughs> like, you know, things like that. But you know, overall, it, the real difference between college, you know, like you're playing to win. You don't care what it takes to win. You're a team player. In minor leagues, you're playing for yourself. You're working to get promoted, and yeah, you want to win because you look good when you win. But you're playing for yourself. Yeah, I felt when you said the realization of how good people are at baseball is exactly how I felt like from day one. I was only there for like a month and a half. And I was just like, damn, these guys are in the independent league. Like this guy can't even make it to double A. Like he just got released. Like who, what the hell does double A players look like? Like this is crazy. Like that's what I remember when I left. I was like, this is it's just nuts how good these these kids can be. Crazy. Even at the lower levels, even in independent leagues, the talent is could be off the charts. And yet you hit the nail on the head, Chris, hit kids. Sometimes they're like 18, 17. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're so young with so much money. It's crazy. It's like, it's insane. The cars that they buy, you know, who knows where they're at now. But, you know, 18-year-old kids with millions of dollars is a crazy situation. (laughs) So that's something Jake or I didn't experience in baseball. Like, So you were there with like, you know, some really high draft picks who signed for a lot of money you just alluded to it in terms of like what they were buying and stuff. Did you see a huge difference with respect to like preferential treatment with those guys, as opposed to someone like you in like the 35th round? Honestly, no. Once you're there, the whole mindset from the White Sox, maybe other organizations too, but it was like, you made it here. You're all on the same level. Obviously they're going to give preferential treatment Mm -hmm. to top five round guys because they spent money on them. But I'd say I lasted longer than 80% of my draft class. And I was probably like, 
the bottom 10 picks in that draft. And just because I, I performed right out the gate, I was successful. A lot of guys never made it out of their first half season in, in rookie ball. And just because, like, they went to big-time schools and they got, this, they got the, the spotlight in, like, Clemson and, you know, TCU, schools like that. But, like, they, they didn't really showcase what they had. They just expected – I mean, they probably gave it all their all. I don't want to discredit them, but I just proved it with my numbers and just like, you know, it was, uh, it's kind of crazy to think back of like, how is a 37th round five, nine, not necessarily in good shape lefty out be like beat out a Clemson starter. You know, it's like, what happened there? Like we're, there was an article I remember in spring training, um, so I had a killer first year. I had was like five and one with like a I don't know, a really low ERA my first year. And I went to spring training. There was an article that came out. It was like talking about a, a diamond in the rough, right? And all these top draft picks that obviously came back for spring training, they're like, who the fuck is this seraphin dude? Because I was in basically <laughs> rookie ball on low A. And uh, I could hear, like, I would get on the bus and I hear people talking about it and I would just keep my mouth shut because I, I wanted to fly under the radar. Like, I didn't need any yeah. attention. And they're like, who is this kid? And, like, who's their diamond in the rough? Like, I thought I was their diamond in the rough. Like, things like that. And, like, <laughs> everybody ended up being really nice, but they, like, they got a little defensive. Like, who's this 37th rounder? Kid looks like he should be, like, coaching, uh, you know, a high school baseball team. You should just you, you could have walked around with just like a, a duffel bag the whole time to make it seem like you were just like the bat boy or something <laughs> until all of a sudden you take the mound and just shove it up and sorry <laughs> sorry get next 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 guy up yeah I was like you guys are way better I'm just gonna like keep my mouth shut do what I gotta do and, and go back to the hotel for now you, you said you know people buying crazy shit I just thought of a when you mentioned that I think it was last I think it was this spring training. Wander Franco, we all know what, who Wander Franco is, right? With the Rays, you know he had signed his extension, I think, earlier. Uh, in in uh, once the lockout ended, they signed him to some ridiculous. You know, he's he's only like twenty. I think they signed him like whatever, seven years, hundred fifty million dollars. Well, he bought himself like a brand new, you know, sick ass Range Rover, big ass rims, and they pranked him because he parked in the wrong spot. Did you guys see this article earlier this year? No, I didn't. No, so. The team somehow towed his truck to like from the spot he was parked in, which was like the coach's spot, and put it in center field of of the spring training field that they were playing in. So he walked out and was like, "Wait, where's my car?" And they looked over in the field and it was sitting there. And everyone's like, "Wander, you can't park in the coach's spot. What the hell are you doing?" So I was like, "You know, good. They pranked him." But he also, you know, he had like his $150,000 car. He just got pranked and, you know, towed. Like, don't feel that bad for him because it's some sick-ass ride. But come on, man. Yeah, I, I got to imagine shit like that happens here and there. But I, I had to get a, get a good laugh over that. Yeah, there's no harm done there. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, that's, I feel like that's normal rookie, you know, protocol. Like, you're going to carry the pink backpack to the bullpen. You're going to do all these little things that, you know, you're going to carry bags. It is what it is, you know, but overall, like in the White Sox organization, everybody was super helpful, super nice. Didn't matter who you were. If you wore a White Sox uniform, they, people would talk to you. People would like welcome you. And I don't know if it's like that in every organization, but you know, I shout out the White Sox always for, for that. You know, people like AJ Przinsky, who's probably not the nicest person in the world, but like, you know, he would nod his head a little bit <laughs> just as he walked by things like that. But you know, other, everybody was super helpful, super nice. Did you have anybody else from the, the Legion team that went on to play affiliated ball? From Legion, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, definitely college. You know, we had a guy go to Harvard, Central, Bryant. Um, yeah. No, I know you guys had a ton of college guys, yeah. Yeah, nobody really made – nobody nobody after that. I mean, the guy went to Harvard, is now a lawyer, you know, so like – decisions i guess taylor kind of, um, taylor me and yep <laughs> me and, um, but yeah no one no one i know of you know and it's it sucks because now like i'm obviously done playing baseball um i go to play softball and i'm like joining a men's league in in new york city right and like i don't really know the people i'm playing with it's like a friend of a friend and like we kind of like get along and they're like 
yo, I got this guy who used to play minor league baseball coming. I'm like, whoa, whoa, time out. Time I was out. a lefty pitcher. <laughs> yeah, like, whoa. I was a left-handed pitcher. That's way different than hitting in minor league baseball. <laughs> and like, you know, it's still funny. Like, I'm still probably like better than them, but like, yeah, it's not something that I brag about. I'm like, whoa, 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 don't be telling people that. Like, I threw a ball. It's a weird skill. Like, I didn't, I never could hit a ball. <laughs> You're not showing up just dropping, you know, 400 foot bombs on every swing at will. And they're like, yo, I thought you played affiliated ball. And you're like, again, I threw with my left hand off the mound. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I was going to say along the hitting lines, Jake, like we had a thing in Torrington. I think if we threw a note or a shutout, Joey, you guys got to take pitchers VP. And we had a good staff yeah. both years. So, you know, you guys had a bunch of pitchers BP before games and like you held your own, but you weren't like dropping balls over the left field fence either. So I get what you're saying with respect to coming to softball. These guys think they got a ringer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And same similar story. This actually involves somebody, you know, so my sister plays in a a men's league in Connecticut or a co-ed league in Connecticut and they're going on way on vacation. They need somebody to fill in. They're like, Joey, can you fill in? I'm like, sure. She's like, my brother can play. used to play minor league baseball. I'm like, stop stop and i show up and i'm like i see this girl that's like getting warm i'm like you look like somebody i know like like what's your name and she said her name and i didn't hear her first name and her last name was arbor i'm like wait a second i was like are you related to matt arbor she's like yeah he's my brother i was like no way i was like i haven't talked to that kid since probably 2007 torrington twisters and you're here playing softball with me right now i was like is he coming here like is he coming he's like he might bring his kids i'm like no way i was like what a small world dude arbor arbor still plays like twilight league sunday uh double header baseball like the sunday league and he's still dropping like 420 foot bombs so i keep trying to get him to play on my softball team and he's like nah i'm still playing baseball all right one day <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you need somebody to fill in you let me know i used to play minor league baseball so. yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say um, when you were playing, best player that you got to play with, or you got to see, or maybe pitch against, which is gonna be—I hate to say it—like an old timer, right? Because that was like 2007 to 10 is when you're playing affiliated I mean, ball. Is that about right? Yeah. So I was drafted in 2009. I think I got released 2000 okay. spring training, 2012 or 13. I—I I was actually like not too long ago looking up some rosters that guys I used to play on. So I played for the Cape Cod League, Chatham A's. And my roster is actually insane. If, if, you know, I checked it out. So it was like Brad Boxberger. I don't know. These are like mid-level major leaguers. Um, Grant Green, um, Kyle Seeger, Jan Gomes, Matt Harvey. Like these were guys that I can just remember off the top of my head. I'm sure there like was other guys that made it. But I think the best player that I've ever played with or against it's got to be steven strasberg and yeah. the only reason i say that is because um you know i faced like bryce harper i've struck out manny machado three times in the same game but he couldn't hit a curveball back then um <laughs> but like steven strasberg i remember torrington twisters in Pusinich park first day we're all throwing like our bullpens coaches are seeing what we're throwing and we all throw and we're all like walking away so I, I'm sure if you remember Torrington at all, it's like the field is set down low. Yeah, and I do it's remember like a that. Stadium up, and we're—I remember just being like on the stairs in the stadium. We're all done. I'm like almost like leaving, I think. And all of a sudden, I hear this sound. You could hear the ball like, and you hear that pop, like that—that that sound of your like. And I remember it was me and Eric Thompson from also from Vermont. We both. Oh, he was a rival around. of mine. <laughs> Fucking Thompson. Yo, E.T. Shout out E.T. I love E.T. Yeah, I just remember hearing that that ball hit the mitt, and me and Tiz turned around. We're like, yo, who the fuck is that? We're like, who is this kid? (laughs) At this point, he was a freshman out of San Diego State, you know, had zero knowledge of how great he was. And, like, just amazing, like, you know, such a good person at that time. But, like, just hearing that fastball, watching how easy it was, I've never, I've seen guys throw hard. I've seen guys throw a hundred, but just like, I knew at that point, I'm like, you're going to be good some someday. And I was like, Hey, can you sign this NECBL ball for me? And like, I still got the ball. So I was like, 
You're going to be big time one day. You just wait. But I have to, yeah, Steven Strasburg, it's just wow. It's a wow factor, him throwing, for sure. All right, yo, so, so Joe, we were talking about Strasburg and, you know, him being the most talented guy you ever saw. I just wonder about, like, all of his injuries, you know, unfortunately, that he's had over the past, God, I don't even know, five or six years at this point. Do you think, everyone always kind of said he had, like, that Kerry Wood, I don't know, is it like the, like, the pulling a bow and arrow, and it's just like an unnatural delivery, has anything to do with it? Because you said he was, like, this untapped potential type kid, didn't even know what he had. I don't know, just kind of, I don't know, what's your take on that? Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, his mechanics were definitely, like, the way they used to teach it. Like, Kerry Wood, like, separate the hands, high elbows. But, like, who you, what, you can't say anything. The guy has thrown 95 as a 19-year-old. You're going to be like, oh, shoot, like, okay. But, you know, my thought process is, number one, your body's not made to throw overhand, right? It, you know, all softball players will tell you, I'm sure you guys heard it at Siena or in high school, like, yeah, I pitch every game. What's wrong with you guys? You know, like, yeah, we're, we're not natural to throw overhand. And if you're throwing 100 miles an hour, like, you're bound to get hurt. Your body can't handle that. And, like, it's just your body's going to explode. If you constantly pitch 100 pitches every five days, you're going to get hurt in my eyes. So, um, you know, that, I was saying, like, that's why I kind of flew under the radar, you know, a soft throw in 87, 88. I'll give myself a little bit of credit. Like I never got hurt, um, you know, with my arm, I should say, I never got hurt throwing a baseball. Cause like, I just feel like your body is number one, not meant to throw a baseball, but to throw at a hundred, that's, that's crazy. Like I've been in pain, but you know, I never really felt a tear or had a tear or had surgery. And I think I'm blessed cause I just didn't throw hard. You know, throwing 100 is crazy. You ever see their arm yeah. in a picture? It's wild. You see your arm throwing to first base from shortstop clips? It's like, yeah, like bro, I didn't know my arm could do that. Like pro rates down this way, like in a crazy way. Like you would never think that. You're right. Yeah, it's wild. It's a wild. Throwing is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, and I mean, you guys know I had some technical difficulties, Joey, when you started talking about Strasburg initially. Um, but I remember that. So I'm sorry to backtrack a little bit, but his first time coming to Torrington and like hearing that pop and I, I never faced him because we never did like inter, inter squad scrimmage or anything like that. Like summer ball was like you got there two days before game one and just started playing. But he did have me sit in on a bullpen. He wanted a batter there one time when he was warming up to like close a game or just on an off day. Yeah. yeah. And so like I wasn't even like I couldn't swing. It was a bullpen. I was just sitting there with a helmet and a bat. And he was telling me what's coming. It's a bullpen. He's like, all right, you know, two seamer inside. And it took all I had not to jump out of the box. Like when it was the two seamer inside, cause it was just right on the inside corner with movement at, you know, at 95, he wasn't like throwing a hundred then, but I've never seen anything like it. I'd never seen anything like it. I never saw anything like it since. And he only got better after that. Um, but you, yeah. you said it, Joey, like at that point he was kind of not like, known nationally yet he was a little bit of an overweight freshman apparently san diego state he got in shape throughout the season but by the time he got to us man he was just incredible look up look up his stats in torrington for that one year if you could find him it's he was our closer but it's like 18 innings 29 strikeouts like three hits it's stupid <laughs> that's insane <laughs> you know, the craziest thing i remember is so i started versus team usa right yeah. which is crazy in itself number one but number two is after I'm throwing probably 84, 85 at that time, maybe like throwing curveballs, like carving these guys up, like Todd Frazier, like carving these guys up. Yeah. And they're like, all right, Seraphim, you're done. Strasburg, you're coming in. And they see lefty 84, 85, and they see Strasburg 95. It was like my parents talk about this story every time the word Torrington or Twisters are brought up. They're like, it looks like he was throwing two light speeds faster than you. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I believe it. I was like, that makes sense. And like, that's how good he was. The sound it made, I was just like, I need to listen to this. It's amazing. He pitched three innings. He struck out eight and nine guys. I remember it. And then they picked him up after that for like their overseas tour, wherever the hell they went. Like he finished the season with us, but then he got picked up on Team USA and kind of the rest is history. By his sophomore yeah. year, he was like the consensus number one. But man, yeah, it was just nuts being that close to that kind of talent. And we Dude. knew it then that he was going to be maybe not as good as he ended up being, but like like the number one pick. Go ahead, Jake. 
I was going to say, you know what's really funny about your bullpen story? Because I've stood in for bullpens before. Yeah. We've seen guys throwing hard and throwing nasty shit in an actual game. And you're not diving out of the way. What is it about a bullpen? Because I've sat in on one where I was like diving out of the way. Like, oh my God. Can't believe you just threw that nasty slider on the outside corner that you told me about. And I'm like diving out of the way. There's some, think- there's like a psychological thing because like maybe you're not allowed to hit and so you're not as that's like it. prepared so you like if there it. was like, one that came up inside you like wouldn't get out of the way in time yeah i think it's because you don't think you can you can swing i don't know why although after the Strasbourg stand in I, I i don't ever want to face him for real either <laughs> <laughs> it was you know what it was like like I, I i can remember this one at bat vividly when he was pitching some guy ran into a fastball we were up like two or three runs in the ninth Strasbourg comes in to close the game he runs into a fastball and like hits right-handed hitter, hits the first base, second base hole. Like hit it hard, but wasn't trying to go the other way. It's just he was late. He kept it fair. And he got the first base and he was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like screaming at the dugout because like he got the second hit off Strasburg for the year. And it reminded me of like Little League. Like when you see like these kids get a hit off yeah. of like maybe when Todd Frazier was pitching back when he was 12, like how excited these kids got. That's how college D1 players were acting to get a hit off of Strasburg. In summer. Wood bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know like 18 year old like i just made contact yeah. let alone a hit he probably went home and like called all his boys like <laughs> got a single through the right side <laughs> oh, that's, that's so amazing true. where do you want to go here do you want to go into uh coach's corner chris and see what uh joey's got or do you have any other topics you want i was just gonna ask joe before we get there you still connected to the game at all man like you, i know you said you're playing a little bit of like slow pitch softball but anything baseball related still or you know still a fan in terms of watching it where are you at? You know, honestly, after playing, I, uh, you know, once I was released, I was like, all right, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Do I want to keep playing? Do I, you know, I got offers to play in like Canada. I'm like, you know yeah. what? I've had enough of this. If I eat at one more Waffle House, I'm, I'm done. And I was like, I'm just done. And I kind of went back to, I worked at a sports shop, Vincent's, which is full circle, Tom Vincent, coach of Legion. I worked at the sports shop, you know, the whole time I was in, you know, high school through college. And I was like, am I going to work here for a little bit? So I did get into coaching. I did private lessons for a bit, coached, uh, you know, a 12 year old team, 16 and 18 with another guy who, um, Brian Barnowski, he played with the Red Sox um, from like upstate Connecticut. So we did that for a little bit. We got the 16 year olds through high school. And at that point I was like, man, baseball's bad these days. And I was like, just the parents are just as bad. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So I ended up, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a real job, move to New York. And uh, you know, here I am now. But as far as being connected, I watch, you know, White Sox yeah. come to town. All of my coaches that were coaching me in the Meyer leagues are now like big league coaches, bullpen coaches, third base coach. And so anytime they come to town, like, you know, I'll go to the game. Like they go, I'll go to Yankee stadium and see them. You know, I, I do watch here and there. It's just, you just don't watch it as much. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, looking back, you're like, damn, this is so different than like what I knew. But, you know, having that competitive mindset, I feel like I can get out there and I'm like, you know, what? give me, give me two innings. <laughs> like, you know, major yeah. league game, I got this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's why, yeah, I just watch it here and there as a spectator. Nothing, nothing serious. Just uh, kind of follow a few people that are still playing. Hey, by the way, did, did Mike Kaszewski, was he coaching with the Sox when you were there? Cash, they called him. Cash, yeah, he was. He was my manager for this one season. I was an independent in Indy, in Windy City, uh, and then he and then I knew he went to the White Sox after that. Cash, yes, I remember the name. He I feel like he was. Uh, he turned into like more of the infielder hitting coach. I think he actually was throwing BP like pregame BP for a while for them too. Um, but I, I think he's still kind of affiliated with the team. But I, it just made that connection in my head that you might have crossed paths with him. He was a good guy. Yeah. I remember the name Cash, like Cash, Cash. I was like, that's a sick name. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just playing like a softball. Like, but like, I'm not even proud of that because like, I'm not good. You know, I'm just like an average <laughs> Joe out there. Sometimes, sometimes I don't even want to play because they're just like that story. Here, I got a minor league guy playing. I'm like, you don't, you don't. Like, I don't yeah. know how I can make that more clear for you guys. I want to fly under the radar. What the hell? Yeah. Come on. yeah. Exactly. I'm not like playing actual baseball anymore. I still would like to coach eventually. My son just got into T-ball. Jake and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Like It's cool nice. seeing them get into it. But the only thing that keeps me going in softball 
is like the league's competitive enough. Like there's a few good teams and you want to win, but I'm still, you know, I'm still at short. I don't know how many more years I have left. Probably not many, but like what keeps me going is like you play those teams with like the 27 year old who feels like he's the man, like flying around, like thinking he's just, you know, the best in the league. And then, you know, I could still make that one play where they're like, Who, who's that kid? Like, cause you know, they don't know me anymore. I'm like, they, they, they I was playing when they were like three <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm 36. I could still do this a little bit. Uh, yeah. And I, I just kind of want them to know, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there's times <laughs> where you just got to show off that little bit and like, I'll be like warming up and like, I'll let it loose a little bit and like on one side of the field to the other, like, Whoa, I'm like, yeah, that's all I got. But <laughs> like, you got to show off a little bit. You got to hold your own, you know? Dude, so that's gone for me, though, the arm, I feel like. like yeah, That's no what way. I really see is, like, ball in the hole, could get to it, come up to make the throw, and it's like a two-hopper to first instead of, like... <laughs> so how does yours feel? You know what I mean? Like, you were a pitcher. If anything, I feel like yours would be feeling worse than mine because I never pitched, but it seems like you still got a little zip. So you're saying 18 years later, you're still two-hopping at the first base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, good. Honestly, I feel good. I pitched in a men's league up until probably three years ago. I was playing with Gary Novikowski. Oh, yeah. Of course. I him and his brother up in like a men's league. in the, It was like really part of Torrington. I got hit in the arm with like a pitch. And like, they're like, you need one more game to play in the, in the playoffs. And I'm like, I pitched the game before. I probably threw like 140 pitches, a men's league. I could care less. They're like, you need one more game to play in playoffs. Because I would only go when I pitched. I'm like, all right, you're going to lead off. You're going to be hit. You're going to lead off. You get one at bat. And I was like, all right, fine. Then I'm leaving. I'm like literally walking out after this at bat. And I'm obviously I bat righty. So this is, explains a lot why I can't hit lefty pitcher throwing hitting righty. And I literally get hit like right above the elbow, not on the elbow, but like right above the arm. And at that point, I was like, my arm never really felt the same. I was like, I just can't throw the same, but it just, I was like, I'm done. Right. And I, I'm not saying I got hurt to end a career because that's like everybody's story, but yeah. I got old and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And it does still, my arm feels good at the time. Like I can't pitch anymore. I don't want to pitch. It's painful. Like baseball is crazy. Stupid motion that like I woke up the next day and like after pitching, you just like roll out of bed. Like first time you lifted in a while, you're like, I can't feel anything. right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, never really pain. Other than that, figure it out. I didn't throw hard. I was telling, you know, you guys earlier, like I just didn't throw hard enough to get hurt, even like when I was playing men's league. More mind mind games, I guess. Yep, yep. Good discussion so far. Let's flip it to coach's corner. What do you say? Yeah, you got anything, Joey? I texted you. I don't know if you came with a story. I got one, but I was thinking a little bit, and I I feel like I had a few. I just don't know how much I can throw people under the bus. But uh... you can keep it anonymous <laughs> if you wanted. So you're saying like a crazy story with a coach or just like a, co- a memory of that I remember? Anything yeah. entertaining, like whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be crazy. Whatever you, whatever you feel like saying. So I, it's perfect because it, it, I related back to Torrington, the Twisters, right? Yep. And it was my second year there. That was like, that's when we played together, the second year, right? I thought we played for two years together. Didn't we play in, in uh, our sophomore and junior years? You said you were in the Cape. When were you in the Cape? My so I got hurt my junior year, so it was like my second junior year. I was in the Cape. Okay, so we, so we played together for two years in Torrington, and okay. then that makes okay. Sense. And Strasburg was there the second year. Yeah. Okay, so it was the year Strasburg was there. It was like the last game of the season. We're going to Newport, Rhode Island. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I remember last, Newport. Oh, craziest field ever! You got dugouts <laughs> on the same side. <laughs> you got bars on the right field line. The bullpens are on the same side. So, like, we're just chilling with the other bullpen. But that being said, so I was a starting pitcher at that time, and E.T. Tizzle was also a starter. And uh, I remember on the bus, we knew we weren't pitching. We're like, we're not pitching. We're just going there Newport. We're going to drink on the bus on the way there. (laughs) 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 So me, Eric, we drank probably a half a bottle of Dr. McGillicuddy's. And, like, at that time – I'm fucked up, right? <laughs> we get there, and it's the last game of the year. And, like, Strasburg had a little bit, too. So he was, like, a little tipsy. And uh, it was probably, like, the fifth or sixth inning. The pitching coach comes down. I forget who was pitching, but the pitching coach comes down. He's like, all right, who, who's, who can, who's ready? Who's ready? And I just remember 
somebody it was either me or Eric were like, fuck you. We're drunk. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. It's the last game of the season. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I just remember I was like, ooh, that might not go over too well. <laughs> he was really cool pitching coach. Like he laughed it off. He's like, is everybody drunk down here or like can anybody throw? I was like, we're all fucked up. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Do you remember who that was for Torrington? I remember Deliver Deliveron and Coach Roy, but neither one of those were the pitching coaches. And then obviously Coach Hunt. I don't remember the pitching uh, coach. I can't, I'm blanking. Shapiro. Yeah. Blank on his first name. And like we used to ride the games together at Torrington. But uh Shapiro, I remember that's his last name. He was like a young guy, you know, probably four years older, maybe, and just like he got it. Yeah. It's like, I think that's the first time Strasburg got drunk and we told the pitching coach to fuck off. <laughs> I was that's like, amazing. can't wait till I get back to Vermont. <laughs> Unbelievable. That That's surprisingly eerily similar to Chris and I told the story a few episodes ago with how we ended our uh, going into sophomore year summer ball in Athens, Georgia, where the whole team during the playoffs, it was pouring rain. And the whole team got together in the motel room. We're like, let's just tell Coach we're fucking done. And we had Coach come in. We're like, everyone's ready to go home. And then he's like, all right, we'll just call it. And everyone just left for North Carolina. <laughs> just went home. Like, that That's was it. It's the end of the season. <laughs> just the best. This is what's happening. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. fucking done. But you're right, <laughs> Coach. You're stop. 20 people. Are like, you're like, yeah. all right, whatever. He probably wanted to go home, too. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's a good one, man. I love it. So I had one. I was trying to relate it back to Torrington, Joey, and I couldn't think of anything good with, like, Coach Hunt or any of those guys. And, like, the one that came to mind, just going back to Legion, I forget if this was right before the state tournament, our my senior year, our senior year, or before the season started. I think it was before the state tournament. We practiced at one of the, the local high schools. So we go there, Coach Monaco, you know, before the practice, everyone take a knee. So we take a knee. And you could tell he's just like pissed. Like he's got that look in his eye. He was an intense guy. And he reaches in his bag and he pulls out the plaque from the year before the second place state, you know, (laughs) runner up plaque. And he looks at it and then he shows it to us. And he's like, I'm sure you all remember this. You guys feel good about this from last year. And like, you know, some guys were like, you know, second place, like shrugging their shoulders. (laughs) And he took it and just threw it as far as he could into the woods (laughs) at Bristol Eastern High School. I don't know if anyone ever found it. I think someone went and tried to get it out. He didn't. He didn't want it in his house. Like that's, and he's like, we're not playing for that. And just walked off the field. And we're like, all right. Like, and we ended up winning it that year. I have no idea if that's actually like what lit the fire, but uh, we tell that story often. Oh, that's good. That's really good. That's really. He's been waiting a whole year to do that. Yes, he probably. Yeah, thinking of that for like eight months exactly. That's so. Was funny. that supposed to be like in a shrine somewhere, and he like took it off the wall and just freaking threw it in the woods? So we had this manager, Paul Lafleur, who was like, I don't know if you had someone similar, Joey, but he like not the team manager, but kind of you know, ran the program. Yeah, right? ran the program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it did like the the announcing from the scoring right. box and, you know, arranged for the buses, all that stuff. He was there. I think he was mortified because like he wanted it for like the Legion Hall records and yeah, everything. And he went in records. the woods to try to find it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like digging through. Where's that second place? Yeah. <laughs> like, thank so God you guys won. Imagine if you didn't win. Like, oh, no. How much chaos that would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there just would have been another second place plaque that he would be able to throw the next year <laughs> exactly <laughs> just keep throwing the second place plaque until you win it <laughs> that's so good yeah, that's crazy. chris what do you got for tales of hennepin hall I, I couldn't think of anything great man uh the story that came to mind because i was trying to relate it to something with joey i think it was the next time we went to vermont because we went there twice i think maybe it was our it was our junior year i have no idea what happened in the game but that was the year jake where in uh in our first conference series, when I dove back into first off the pickoff play, I was leading off first. The first baseman stepped on my right hand with his cleat. And when he moved his foot away, my hand was like completely cut open from in between my pinky and ring finger, like down to my wrist. Like he just gashed me with his cleat. So I had to go to the hospital in like the Bronx, New York. So we were playing Iona at um, Fordham. That was where yep. that we played that game. So like they stitched me up or whatever, sat like that for like a week and a half. Went back to Bristol to see a hand specialist with my dad because it didn't seem like it was healing right. And the guy takes a look at my hand and he's like, whoever did these stitches was an idiot. 
because they stitched like the top of my skin together, which, you know, the top of your skin is essentially dead skin, right? Like it, that's not what heals. So I guess when you stitch something, you're supposed to like stitch it up like a teepee. So the inside of the skin can touch and heal. So this is, it was a week and a half after he took the stitches out and like the wound just fell completely wide open again, just like it had never, nothing ever happened. Right. So I was furious. He stitches me up. And of course, once he did it right, it started healing pretty quickly. So like I was getting better. So my first game back, I missed like uh, two or two or two and a half, three weeks. We were in Vermont and I'm getting ready to play. I don't think you pitched that day, Joey, because you were probably the the, uh, weekend starter by then. We're getting off the bus. I know I'm going to play my first game in like three weeks. The bat bag, Jake, the big green bag with all the metal bats. I forget who was holding it, but I was walking behind them and they swung it around and it was 38 degrees because it was Vermont in April and hit my hand. And the thing just started like gushing blood all (laughs) over the place, like right before the game. I think I remember that. You couldn't play, right? I play. I think I missed the first game of the doubleheader, but you know, classic Rossi was like, you good for the second one? (laughs) Like, like the three hours like made a difference. And, you know, that was my first game back. But um, I, I, I said a few episodes ago, I was 10 out of 10 on the rage scale when that champagne bottle chipped my tooth yeah. after we lost in the title game. This is like a 9.5 for sure. Yeah. Sounds like it. You're ready to play. Weather. And there's a freshman holding the damn bat bag. Uh, the fucking Academas probably at that point. Academa yeah. Metal Pipes for Bats, uh, our sponsor. <laughs> Thanks, Academa. I hope you're out of business. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about academia the gloves are okay like gloves they, are okay the, that's the it bats, the bats, bats. the bats a, apparel shoot i mean those turfs would fall apart like brand new turf someone would take one stride and the whole freaking soul would fly off yeah oh that's like, fine thanks yeah. i think um one story that from sienna which I actually wasn't a part of, but every time I get back with the, you know, the UVM guys, they tell the story. So first baseman, funny, full circle. They told me, I never went to Siena for the game. It was like, it was midweek and like, it just, mm-hmm. I just never ended up going there because you guys came to us a lot. Um, and like, from what I understand, it's like you're, you have your, your field and then there's like a hill where people sit on and like watch the game. Is that, is that right? There's a little bit of a hill in center field, but are you are you talking about the right field rowdies behind the right field fence? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we they set up bleachers. bleachers out there, and there was apparently they're not not there anymore, but there was a whole group of kids that would sit right outside of right field and watch. Okay. All right. So our first baseman, probably the funniest guy I've ever met. He was also like catcher, so like we got along really well, <clears throat> and uh, he comes back from the game, the midweek game. He's playing first base, and he's probably. I don't know, six one, maybe like two sixty. Okay, like a bigger dude, just like yeah. just a big dude. Like he just looked Boston guy, like thick, thick face, thick neck, like just a big dude. Like good good fat hitter. Yeah, yeah, good fat hitter. <laughs> Perfect. And uh he he told me when he got back, he's like, I've never been so embarrassed in my life. He's like, <laughs> I had people chirping me the entire game. He's like, at one point, one kid yelled, it's like um, I have an announcement. University of Vermont, would you please remove the bus from first base? <laughs> <It's in laughs> He's just like, that got to me. I, I think I went over four or four Ks. It's like, it's just in my head. I was like, I wish I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. If only the people who took down the right field rowdies or the kids who don't want to participate in right field rallies could hear that they actually had an impact on a player. Yeah. I mean, go over four with the, the sombrero. Yeah. They could be back. They should we'll be, be back. back. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, we'll be hanging out, like, go on a golf trip, and, like, he'll be teeing off, and somebody will be like, please remove the bus <laughs> and the tee box. So it's stuck. It's stuck. It's stuck. Yo, he's hurt mentally. <laughs> oh, I love that. It wasn't a big group, especially for, like, midweek games, but they made their presence known for sure, whoever showed up in right field. So I respect Yeah, Jake, we should try to track them down. I forget who it was. We knew the one kid that was kind of the head of it. I'm blanking God, on the name. I couldn't even picture him, to be honest, right now. Yeah. I just remember, like, you you could hear, like, a, a freaking, and then them screaming, and that's all you could hear, be like, echoing off the library. That was pretty funny. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ooh, did the research. All right. Got him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, Joey. It was good. You know, I haven't met you before, but got to play against you. Unfortunately, no hit us, and I fell flat on my face at home plate. But uh, 
a lot of fun talking with you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys bring back some old memories. You know, it's we laugh at all our older, you know, fathers talking about stuff and like we're we're in that same boat now and like our stories are way better. I I guarantee that, but you know, I appreciate you guys for having me and you know, good times talking. Appreciate you coming on, man. It was good catching up. It's been a long time. Next time you're back in the, you know, the Hartford County area, hit me up. We'll yes. get a beer. Hell yeah, I'm in for that. I'll still say, you know, fuck post two for, sure. for good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll feel the same. On that note, <laughs> Man Pepper. Yeah, episode 18. Like it, share it, follow it. Till next time, fellas. See you guys.